Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coffee and Dates podcast. I'm Ado. I'm Fatima. And this is the podcast where we drink coffee and eat dates. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're not drinking coffee. Right now we're drinking chai. Yeah, yeah chai. So, chai, oh chai. You know, we know. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're doing today. Um, and we have... Uh, we basically, we, we asked you guys what you guys wanted us to talk about. Um, we're kind of, you know, running out of things to talk about. We don't really talk about much as a couple. So, yeah, other than uh, our cats. Yeah, other than we our cats. We talk about our cats a lot. Yeah, but I don't think you guys are, are. Are you guys interested? I don't know. I think. They we, might be. Yeah. So we have two cats. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically, we asked you guys what you wanted us to talk about. And one of the things that really uh, we we are reading through the comments and then what kind of caught our eye was uh was someone who uh said what did they say exactly um let me pull that up for you actually yeah let's do that okay so um the question was uh, or the 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 topic that they wanted us to discuss was our parents immigrating to the u.s only for their children to want to leave yeah i um so I think it's very interesting. Uh, we aren't parents um, right now. Um, you know, hopefully we will be one day. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of friends who are parents and, you know, their kids are, you know, getting to the age where they're starting to go to school and they're kind of like seeing all these things going on and, you know, the American culture and how it's it might affect their kids. And I think um, a lot of them have like, you know maybe had discussions about moving overseas and it's really it is really interesting because you know we are at least me and my friends we are like the first generation here like uh we were born overseas and then we came here to this country and we're already thinking about leaving which i think is really interesting considering like i i mean i think at the bigger picture america is in united states is a great place to live yeah definitely um I think it's seen as like a band-aid solution for a lot of issues that we have in this country. You know, there are things are very like just I mean, it's opposing to our religion, you know. Um, So like our response to that instead of like, you know, okay, we need better education about this. We need to like, you know. I don't know, like, um, kind of have, like, a consensus as an umma on how to react to this kind of stuff. It's like, let's just go overseas. Let's just go overseas. It's just so much easier. I mean, like, let's not beat around the bush and let's just say it. Like, it's the LGBTQIA plus um, stuff that, like... I mean, that's that's one part of it. And I think that is... Well, what are the other parts? Well, okay, because the unique thing about that, though, is that it's not something that has, um, that has been like an issue that they even are like um comfortable with addressing if that makes sense because i mean like you know i think um like another thing is the whole like oh well i don't want my you know child to grow up in this kind of culture where they move away from your parents at such a young age they don't respect you know elders blah blah blah. they drink they smoke you know they like date and stuff like there's a lot of reasons why people want to heedlessness (laughs) um but i think this i mean this one is a unique one in that like this has not been something that well, number one, in society, it wasn't, um, it, 
I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know, like you can tell you can tell everyone, you know, that like, oh, yeah, I don't let my kids drink or whatever, you know, regardless of the age or, you know, like there's a lot of things you can say and just be OK with it because, you know, people would understand where you're coming from. But in this case, it's like you can't like you're not allowed to say that kind of stuff, you know. So I think that's what the fear is with being in America is like, oh, this is a country that's not letting me even like say like my actual like opinion or like my belief on things. Um, yeah, it's. um it's it's i think to the point where like oh your beliefs are just wrong like you know like that, they would be saying that to a muslim yeah, yeah and yeah. i think that's what uh, a lot of people are uncomfortable with and i think yeah. that's why they're like you know we you already know a few families who have already moved overseas here mm-hmm. you know from your uh, sister's friends who mm-hmm. have moved back overseas yeah. somewhere uh to avoid this kind of stuff so um we're already seeing it and i i don't know i think um it might be it's it's at the end of the day i think it's just like it's people just wanting to chase like this idealized society and our parents did that by coming here they're like oh you know we have like my family you know was living in pakistan and then you know we lived in saudi for a while and they're like oh you know like like our education for me and my brothers would be better if we moved there and then they can have a better life there and then you know they'll be more well off they'll have more basic things and their needs will be met and they'll have everything they want and like we're here and it's kind of like that you know like you know me and my brothers were all professionals we all work in like corporate america and you know alhamdulillah like we're in this position where you know we can do so much and you know we don't we're not thinking about our next meal and things like that so um it like our parents vision worked but then there's all these other, you know, like all these other periphery things that are like making us feel uncomfortable here. And um, and it's us trying to chase this like idealized world overseas. And then I don't know, like I, I think at the end of the day, there's no such place on Earth. Right. Yeah, there's no perfect place. Um, you know, like H- humans are just uncomfortable people, yeah. uh, uncomfortable species. And that's because we're aliens. I mean, no, like there's like uh there's that whole thing about like as a muslim like you'll never feel comfortable i'm sorry was i supposed to react to the alien yeah i don't know (laughs) wait are we not aliens yeah we are though i i like you know like but especially like as like you know when it comes to being like a foreigner on a land which is what an alien is um we're aliens on earth hmm. like okay as a muslim we believe adam and eve were in heaven and then they got sent to earth so Mm -hmm. They're not from here. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, look at, like, any other animal here. Like, they don't build, like, straight edge, like, things and, like, oh, everything needs to be perfect. And, like, we're always, you know, we like looking at vast things. Like, we look at, you know, the oceans or whatever. And, like, that's just, like, not what's here. Yeah. We're, we're not from here. And yeah. we need to realize that. And, like, whatever we're chasing is not, like, we're not going to find it here. 100%. Yeah, so I think, like, we just got to chill and just, like, let it be. Like, like, obviously, get your your needs met. Do the best you can. Be the best person you can be. Uh, But we're aliens, so... I don't know why you're making that face. Wait, I don't know why you're making that face. We are uncomfortable. That's how like there's like think about like the richest people like they're like there's so many like millionaires, billionaires like killing offing themselves. Mm -hmm. They have everything they want that they could need. Like they could be in America. They could hire a private tutor for their kids. They could do anything that they want. They could build their own school. Anything that we think is a problem, like oh, they can solve. But 
they're still uncomfortable. I don't know. I think there's uh, there's something more. I think we are not really registering that we're we're aliens. Okay. Wait, I don't know. Like you're you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but like that's what we are. Yeah. Okay. All right, but yeah, if we're trying to get to like this perfection thing, I think uh, the uh, the I the ideal thing to do or the best thing to do would be to stay here and try to keep building. That's what we're, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can escape these problems, though, even within a Muslim community, because regardless, like you can only shelter a child or kid like so much, you know. And I mean, I know for a fact these like the same issues exist within Islamic schools, you know. Yeah. I know that like for a fact. So yeah, there's dating, there's drugs. Yeah. But even like this LGBTQ stuff, it's also in Islamic schools as well. Um, there, like, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I asked uh, Amar, and he said no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you asked know. my one 16-year-old nephew if this exists, and he said no. So okay, like, we're no. good. Let's go to Bummer to Burger. Then we're done. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I mean, anyways, my point is though, like this stuff will exist regardless. You know, even if we, you know. Um, stayed within like you know a majority muslim community or whatever you you know try to take your kids to muslim school like this stuff is always going to be around um so i think like the idea is like well you know if i take my kid to over like oh if i take my kid overseas they'll be around other people and other families who think like me so it'll be easier to raise my child or i'll I'll feel more comfortable with you know what my values are so that's like what the idea is because so what our parents did okay was like they came from overseas obviously to give us a better life to be fair a lot of them also came because they they were fleeing a war you know and i think that's something that we have to differentiate between different ethnicities of muslims and i think like we don't recognize it enough like I like it's um it's something that you can even see in terms of like I feel like um success within different Muslim communities is like I mean like there is a clear differentiation with the people who got to come here because you know they had the opportunity to or they had the money to versus the people that came here because they were fleeing a war and those are two very different situations and so a lot of those people you know like they they that like america wasn't their end goal you know like america was to just flee it's like a pit stop yeah yeah it was like you know and as soon as my country gets better i'm gonna go back you know so so like um that's one thing but also like even even the families who you know were like oh we're gonna come to america for a better life we're gonna put down roots here all this stuff um they like uh they still held on so strongly to like you know their not even Muslim values, like cultural values from back home. And I mean, obviously it's going to rub on to us too. So we're going to like idealize this life that they're talking about where everyone thought the same and you're not this like unique person who has these specific ideas. So of course we're going to romanticize this idea of like going overseas and, you know, living this life that our parents keep talking about. I think once you do it, you realize it's not, you know, it's not like, it's not the place that your parents left, you know? Um, Yeah, and I think like, uh, globalization is a real thing. I mean, uh, like people are watching American movies. They're you know looking at West Western culture as like this thing to like emulate. be emulate. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's 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 just like uh, we just think that something else is better. The grass is always greener on the other side. Definitely. You know? So like yeah. we're looking at like oh like you know I'd love to go back to pakistan or you know i'd like to go to egypt or whatever and 
And when you get there, you'll be like, oh, man, like, yeah, like, you know, it has those certain aspects that are good. Obviously, some every place has good. The masjid is across the street. Yeah, like you hear the adhan everywhere. All and like, hello. Yeah, but then, like, you're like, oh, I miss, like, that thing about America or the United States. So Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's that. I think, like, you know, these countries really have, like, progressed to, like, you can have a very, very good life to, like, you don't miss anything that really America can give you, but it's more that you realize that your problems don't just go away from moving. Yeah, it's like, um, I I mean, I still, like, there's still, like, drinking in Muslim countries. There's still alcohol, yeah. alcoholism problems. There's still drug problems. Yeah. There's still, like, you know, premarital yeah. relations it, it, It's going to sound like I'm obsessed with the show because I bring it up every single week, but, you know, like... Even in the show Rami, he like he goes to Egypt, right? And he, like I actually thought that was like that was uh, so fascinating that he included that episode because you know he he was doing what we're talking about actually. He went overseas because he was trying to find himself. He was trying to find his religion. He wanted you know he wanted that like reset, and he realized you can't just like go across the you know go across the pond and like all that stuff goes away. All that stuff still exists even overseas, you know. Um, so I thought, I mean, that's a pretty good episode to show, like, you know, sometimes we can have a culture shock going back to our, like, you know, homelands too, or mother countries. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think like if you go, like he, in the show he was visiting, you know, family or whatever, but if you go to a country where you don't know anyone, you can, you can chase after what you're looking for more. I think when you have family there, you're kind of stuck in like a bubble, like, oh, like I have to visit these people. And then when you visit them, like, oh, like, they're, like, just, like, people in America and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We can stop talking about that show. Yeah, yeah, we need to stop. Yeah, that show is not good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things about going overseas that people, I think, uh, have that, like, you know, culture shock with is the whole idea of being conservative Muslim overseas is very different than it is here. Um, so like what I mean by that is like when you, of course, like this is, you know, going to be very, um, like specific, uh, it's not going to be in every situation, but like if you describe like the way, like a lot of, you know, more like practicing Muslims in America live, people overseas are usually like shocked about it. They're like, why are you guys so strict? You know, I mean, even like from my experience, like I've noticed, like I feel like people here, like take even going to Jama, like the men take going to Jama so much more seriously than you know overseas, or like they'll take going to the masjid so much more seriously than you know because like when you are overseas, it's like a masjid is every corner, so you kind of start taking advantage of it and stuff, and it does, it's not even registering with you anymore. So I thought that was that's that's pretty interesting. Is yeah, that? But that's still like a very small minority of Muslims in America. I think. I mean, yeah. obviously it exists, um, yeah. and we like you know we know people like that. But I still think it's a very small minority, um, mm-hmm. and that's not always the case. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, you know going to like another country that's like Muslim majority or has a lot of Muslims, not going to solve your problems. That's, uh, I think that's what we're getting at. But I do want to talk about something. I don't know if you want to dig into it, but maybe we can make this into like a two discussion episode. But, okay, so aliens. No, um, uh, I wanted to talk hey, about... It's, uh, beep. Oh, no, that's fine, right? Sorry. Uh, so you were talking about how, you know... The, a lot of the Muslims in America are, you know, from immigrant families. They came here. 
um, you know, seeking certain things. So you said that there are people from certain areas that were fleeing a war and there's other people that may have been seeking an opportunity in America and those two situations are very, very different. Um, like, I, I don't know, I think maybe we should dig more into that. Like, can you give like an example of like a community in, a, in like a Muslim community in America that's like those two different? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I feel like and like a, a easy example for me is like the Somali community, you know. Um, I feel like uh, people in the Somali community, mashallah, like they've been, you know, they've gone very integrated and everything. Um, you know, like many have like had insane accomplishments. But when you look at the majority as a whole, like and when it comes to like education levels and like income levels and everything, if you compare it to like if you compare it to like the maybe the Syrian population or the <laughs> the Pakistani population, you know, you're going to see a clear discrepancy there. But it's like then, you know, like, I mean, Syria is like, uh, it's... Um, there are like different stages. Yeah, of there were different stages, obviously, yeah. of immigration of Syrians and stuff, right? But before the war, it was usually the people with the money or the people with education who were like able to like, you know, get visas here to study or, you know, do residency and all this stuff. So there's a clear difference between that, right? Um, and like, uh, so... I think, like, for example, uh, if you wanted to compare, you know, how, like, successful different, like, eth ethnicities of Muslims end up doing when they immigrate and stuff, like, uh, you know, you, like, it's not, it's not fair to compare, you know, like, let's say Syrians and Somalis, because they came here on very different, like, with very different um, means, you know, it would be more accurate to compare, you know, Somalis who, like, came here as refugees to, like, the Syrians who went to Turkey, for example, as refugees, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's a more accurate representation, because when you come here as a refugee, it's, just fa it's very different, like, physically, mentally, like, financially, it's a whole different, like, thing, right, you know, what schools your kids, like, you know, can go to, who you know, all that stuff, you know, will, will like, will do, will basically set you up for generations in a certain income bracket, for the most part, um, and then, you know, to get out of that, it takes like uh, it takes a lot. So I guess um, I don't know. I just feel like that's something that, I, you know, we're not like it's like, you know, um, you said would, I, I don't remember when you said this, but you were like, oh, one in every like 20 Muslims. One in every 22 doc uh, doctors are Muslim. Yeah. And I guarantee you, like 95 percent of those come from like two ethnicities. You know what I mean? Um, and like uh, and there's a very clear reason for that. Um, another example is like, you know, Bosnian. So like, you know, we lived in St. Louis and, you know, it was a huge Bosnian population. They also came as refugees. So like their income level and everything as a whole ends up being very similar to, you know, to other refugee populations. So, you know, it's just something that um, I've like thought about a lot. And uh, there's just there's just a very, very clear difference with, you know, how you come to a country will sometimes can sometimes like affect, you know, like affect your family for generations. Um yeah, no, I think um, it's you, you know, you mentioned that to me before. And I think it's very interesting because I think it kind of led to a lot of, you know, racism within the Muslim community. 100%. So yeah. like, you know, there will be like, you know, Indian, Pakistani uh, Muslims in America who are, you know, like they might be well off because they came with like, you know, professional degrees and yeah. like they're working professional jobs. They're yeah. making good salaries. And then they look at like, you know, they'll look at like, you know the the somali muslim community in america 
and they're like, wait, like why? Like why we, we were able to get we it together. Did it. Why yeah. are they not doing it? Yeah. Why are they, you know, like why are they messing around like this? Like, is it because they're like black? Uh, and <laughs> I think that's just like, uh, yeah. it, it kind of like, uh, it really. It's like a confirmation a, bias. A, a, conf- thing. a confirmation bias, like, but like we we know that's not the case, right? But um, yeah, like I, I think when like when it was happening, the, no one was realizing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are why are the Bosnians like you know like not doing well? Why are they? Why is this stuff like? And then the Muslim American community becomes more and more divided that way. But I think you know if everyone is looking at everyone's situation differently, as in like okay you know just because we came from a different country doesn't mean that we came under the same circumstances and i think differentiating that is very important like you said and i think once we do that there'll be a better understanding of like most of us as a community and muslims in america like okay like we can help each other out we can understand our differences and you know work together rather than like oh you know what like we don't want these people to come to our much so let's build another one a few yeah. blocks away so. yeah no definitely um, or i don't want my kids interacting with these kids because like they don't seem like you know education oriented or these families yeah. don't seem to care about this kind of stuff um and yeah it makes a huge difference i feel like um it's just something to like you know really really be aware of and i think you know we should be putting like more efforts into like promoting you know certain um certain ethnicities who are like very very underrepresented in fields um we should like we should you know put more efforts into like actually helping them out because you know it only takes like one kid in the family to like be able to get that whole family out of poverty so yeah like yeah i think um we were discussing it like you were giving advice to someone trying to get into medicine they came from a family that like no one's ever even been in in any college before um so they're like looking at this completely brand new it's completely different versus then what like you know you may have saw when you were um yeah yeah no like i think uh i think the reason i'm able to see it so differently is because you know like so my family like we i guess i mean they 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 came from they came from somalia as refugees but my dad was educated so he was able to get the job and everything like very fast right um and he was able to kind of like transfer all those skills here so that kind of gave us like a huge head start but like you know because like that was the community my family knew they still like you know like even though we always lived in the suburbs we always like would visit the city kind of thing right because that's like that's who they knew or like that's the much that they were most comfortable with yeah and like like, i think like your family like definitely went out of their way like especially your mom went out of her way to uh you know help people who were you know in underprivileged situations and I think that's like you know what we have to do as a community is like understand like i mean your family like you know you said like your dad came with an educated background so but he still understood like oh these like my community doesn't have what i have so like yeah 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 Yeah, like we're just i think we were just like hyper aware of like what the difference was you know like they're like like it only took like what my dad having like a master's for that for us to make that huge difference you know um and like you know and because like you know i went to like that public school that gets more funding like i i was exposed to more opportunities i was you know i was exposed to kids who did act prep so then i understood oh act prep is a thing and then so on and so on and you know now i'm a doctor and i don't think i would have had that opportunity if like you know we like stayed in 
even like honestly like even if we just like lived in a different part of america i feel like my life would have been so different you know so it's just like that's all it takes so like who am i to be like oh um like as a professional like if anyone's not a professional who's my age like i was able to do it so like why can't you you know because it's like there's just such a difference in like your experience yeah like upbringing means so much and yeah there were a couple comments on our instagram that uh were kind of long uh it took me a couple days to read um but uh i think uh we're gonna we're gonna respond to it live um so silent factory said uh i think it was on your clip um it's not at all about the women making more money it's about the perceived attitudes some muslim might express towards their husband a Muslim woman has no obligation to co- to contribute to the family income. Hence, the man on a smaller income inevitably is placed in a position of, you are the man, but whatever you do won't ever be good enough. It's the attitude of some Muslim women that must change. Their, their husband does whatever he can. For some women, it will never be enough. It's their right to study. It's their right to work. And it's their right to keep every penny they make for themselves. It's also their duty to respect their husband. That's what this is about. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, uh, but like, you know, I think what you were getting at was, I think if everyone listened to the full episode, that's what you were getting at. It's not that like, oh, just because, you know, a woman makes more money that she shouldn't respect the husband. That's a given. And, you know, it might like, uh, it, it is like, I, I think that's a good like, uh, you know, check on any Muslim woman who is making more money than their husband is like. You still have to respect your husband. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, someone who's going to, like, act like that, it's not going to change how much money you make anyways, you know? Like, that same person, <laughs> that same person, um, regardless of, like, if, how, like, you know, if she made, like, you know, six figures or not, if she was a stay-at-home mom, and that's what she decided to do, and, you know, you made, like, a lot more money than her, she would still think of everything you do as not being enough. And that's definitely, that definitely exists, you know, Yeah. but, but that's a personality trait that like, yeah. that is not. Okay. But then I think you're saying that money doesn't change people, which I think in fact it does a lot. So I think he's right. So you have to be always checking yourself when it comes to that. When you're, if you're a woman and you're making more money than your husband or whatever, or you just start making more money, like you need to check yourself like, okay, like he's still the man. I still need to respect him and yeah so on and so forth yeah yeah no there's a there's a reason why like you know there are like islamic duties and stuff and i think those exist for very good reason um and then you know like one of the things is like that's why a man has to provide and like you know like provide like you know everything for the wife because um then you know then you're in a situation where it doesn't even matter how much the woman really makes because you're living off the husband's income anyway so it doesn't like your lifestyle has nothing to do with him you know so yeah i think um, i think it, it can get uh it can get dangerous for I, I think the respect thing can really change if the woman starts contributing to the family and doing so in a, in a big manner yeah yeah then it's like oh like the decision making yeah. process is like through me like you ask me for things and like you do this like the whole like dynamic would change so yeah i mean i mean you can even see that with the whole like i mean even just with like not now obviously it's not the same relationship but when it comes to finding it like you know money dynamics it's like it even like comes from like parents and kids 
the second like a kid like starts making you know a teenager has like their own job their dynamic completely shifts yeah, you know exactly. and i feel like that's usually when like you get into like the most fights and stuff with like a parent is like when you realize like wait a minute i make my own income like why am i listening you know yeah so uh that's definitely a thing 100 percent um so yeah we yeah, like i think uh that's that's something um that should be addressed in couples counseling because we are not uh we're not qualified to like actually answer this yeah it's something that's really hard to bring up and it's very it's a very fragile conversation you know because um you know even something as simple as like how much money do you make like what is your salary is something like it's very awkward to talk about you know and i feel like some people get very sensitive with that conversation you know so it's uh it's definitely something that's difficult to navigate and unfortunately it's like not something they should leave off till the end either you know so I don't I don't even know what a good answer is to like how to navigate those kinds of conversations because um, yeah I think just uh, premarital counseling. I but think it's like by the time you're at premarital counseling, you're so it's like that's kind of late in the game, you know. It's to like, talk okay, about money. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess you just have to you just have to bring it up. It has to like if you're a woman and like you need you know you want a certain lifestyle, you need to know how much the guy makes. And you don't really know that unless, like, you know, like, I guess with Glassdoor these days, you could kind of esti estimate, like, oh, I, he makes around this much. If yeah. you know, like, you know, their profession and what yeah. company they but work for. But it doesn't for. even matter how much, like, you know, how much they make. Like, things that matter are, like, okay, how do you view finances? Like, how much, like, how important is savings to you? What do you consider expensive eggs? You know, like, those things, like, can really, like, mess up a relationship or cause a lot of tension. And like those are the things that you kind of have to be on the same page about right away or one person just has to not care at all yeah you just have to be aware of it i guess i mean because i mean like i don't think you should stop talking to someone if they're like oh i spend eight dollars on a dozen eggs you know that's weird it is weird but i don't think that's why you should stop talking to them but like you know it's like a little thing but no, I feel like that's like a little thing that will eventually add up, though, because then it's going to turn into like, well, you know, like my toddler child who's going to grow out of these socks in two weeks needs like these $20 socks. Like, you know, those things like I feel like will like but if you're not even on the same page as to like what is worth it and what's not, then those things will start causing a lot of tension. And I mean, and, and especially if I, like, I think it matters on what you care about, because like I will overspend on certain things that yeah. I care about, but I will not overspend on silvered almonds. You know, like that's not I'm never going to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like I don't care about silvered almonds. The silvered I almond hate silvered things almonds. was just like, because it's so... I was just shocked that they sold them at Aldi's and I was like, oh, OK, like, I don't care about silvered almonds. We're I don't want Aldi's. silvered almonds. Why are we getting silvered almonds? <laughs> OK, so the next comment. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we're still talking about silver dollars. Oh my god. The next comment, uh, someone said, I think hand waving the issue as men being insecure doesn't do much to figure out why men would come to the conclusion in the first place. It's very rational to assume that a woman who loves her career and spends most of her time working on it will not be not be willing or able to sacrifice it to raise her kids. To say that insecurity is strange to me. I think the reason men are scared by this is because career-driven women are usually not willing to drop or go part-time once they have children, which the Islamic, fam Islamic family dynamic needs. The fear is that career women will be the the career will be the priority over the family. Islam mandates that men provide so women can raise the kids. Women making work the priority in recent years is from Western values and not 
being willing to depend on a man and not trusting Muslim men is a which is a real issue. Anyway, love the podcast, guys. Yeah. Um, okay. How do you talk to this girl that is not putting her family first? Because I don't think he's actually been in the situation. He's saying he assumes. The the fear is the, the assumption fear. There is. There are women like that. But though. like That's when, what he's saying. But, oh That's what God. he's saying. I'm not gonna yell. So, I'm not gonna yell this time. So I'm not yelling. I, I this think. Time. I, but when have you talked to this person? I have you. I have not, but maybe... Has this person? I don't think so. Who because, knows? Like, I know. I think he could say like a much more specific example. Instead, he's like, oh, the fear is, the, the concern okay, is... The, like It's the fear of it. It's not he's saying, oh, I've but experienced But where is this. that person, though? Like, why, like when there have you are, talked to that person? Cr- very career-oriented people in this in this country. So, like, no, but you're want. saying... You're saying career-oriented means not putting their family first. But, like, have you talked to this person, you know? Because I, I think like they're putting this you're you're like this person could be potentially missing out on someone he would have like an insane connection with because he's like, Oh, she's probably not gonna put her family first because she makes like you know, oh she has this job or whatever and she's not gonna wanna like, you know, go part time or whatever. It's like you don't know any of this. You're just assuming. I think he's saying that's what the fear is. And he's right, there could be a fear, but you need to be able to talk to the woman. Like not every woman is like that. Not every person is like that. Even men who are career oriented would always put their family first if they for some reason had to step away from work so it's just like you just have to address it if you meet a career oriented woman doesn't mean that she's not willing to step away from work or she's not willing to put her family first so um i think the fear is there it's fine but you it's not like uh you can't put paint a broad stroke over it you need to talk everyone is different so you have to talk to them I, I, I know, like, women who have, like, do not work, who will not put their family first. Like, you and I both know specific situations where someone will put their own, like, wants and, like, desires over, like, their kids, you know? Um, so, like, that's that that's a inherent personality thing, though. That has, not, like, yeah, I, I don't he's... even think there's a correlation with that. There's, there's just people who will not put their family first. And then there are a whole separate category of people who have, like, you know, certain well, jobs. neither of us have data on this. I'm just saying that there is a fear. And he's right. There is a yeah. fear. But the thing uh, is... Yeah, I just think like, that's he's, very he's careful, wrong. though, when he's, it comes to these He's not wrong. I'm saying the way to be careful, what you're saying, is to just talk to people. Yeah. And be like, okay, like, oh, you work at... Yeah. at this and don't stuff. assume. You don't work, go into you work, assuming. You work 60 hours a week right now, but, like... How is if, that going to work? How is that going to work when you have a kid? Yeah. Like, and and like, like, oh, maybe the person will be like, you know what? I've been planning this for the last few years. I know I have this gap year, and that's when I want to have kids because I would have the most amount of time with this, you know, whatever. It's like people yeah, actually do situation. think about this kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. So That's good. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. That's yeah. a. I think that's good. I think we'll stop there. Um, if you guys have any other uh, comments, yeah. just like leave them. You know, I think um, I think we're, we're we got a lot of discussion out of this, yeah. and um, you know, don't don't move to another country just yet. You know, maybe wait a few years. Doesn't matter where you go, cause yeah, like also, we're aliens. I, I want I ha- I want a survey of people. So I I'm gonna assume like 99% of people who watch our podcast, 100% maybe. Are Muslim and almost all of them take off their shoes. No, no, no. They... My old boss said he watched a couple episodes. 99% of people are probably Muslim and, uh, you know, they're probably going to take off their shoes when they come home. I have a question. If you have a maintenance person or, like, let's say someone from TaskRabbit or whatever, someone coming in to do some kind of work in, your, in their house, 
Do you ask them to take off their shoes? That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That was just the question. I just want to know. I want to know. Like, what is, what is that? Like, you know, what's the etiquette of this? Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram, make sure you do that. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. I think that was good. <laughs>